helping people cope with and overcome life's challenges. This is Life Transformations with Michael Hart, Canadian Certified Counselor and Award-Winning Psychotherapist. Hi, my name is Melissa Waggett and I am the co-host of the Life Transformation Show. This week we will be discussing the incestuous family. We recognize that this title alone may make some of our listeners feel uncomfortable, but we encourage you to listen with us as we explore this topic together. For those of you who may be new to this show, I want to welcome you. We are so happy to have you joining with us this week. If you want to find out more about this show or Elam Counseling Services, we encourage you to go to our website at elamcounselingministry.com. Elam is spelled E-L-I-M, counseling with two L's, ministry.com. Or you can always call us toll free at 1-877-544-3546 and we'd be happy to answer any questions you may have. I also want to take this time to introduce my co-host to you. Um, With me in studio is Michael Hart. He's going to be walking with us through this topic today. He is an award-winning psychotherapist, and he is the director of Elam Counseling Services. And for our faithful listeners, he is a very familiar voice. I want to thank you again, Michael, for joining us again this week and tackling this important topic with me today. Thank you, Melissa, for setting up this topic so lovely. It is indeed a very important topic for us to cover. And you said right at the onset that this is a topic that will make a lot of people uneasy, the incestuous family. I think many of you may be tempted right now to turn your radio off or to change the channel, but just the fact that you have that very urge uh, says to me that this is a topic that needs to be covered because a lot of people are carrying pain and are carrying shame as a result of things that were done to them within their family, within their loving Christian family, and they just haven't dealt with it. So raising a subject like this is going to be very uncomfortable for a lot of people. But nevertheless, I think it's a topic that we need to discuss. And so why have you set some time aside today to discuss this? Why is this so important that we begin to unravel it and bring it out of the shadows? Unfortunately, Melissa, this is a very common uh, occurrence within even Christian family. It is said that one in three to four girls are sexually Uh, sexually abused within their family, and that the vast majority of these girls were sexually abused, not by strangers, but a lot of times by people within their own family system. And, And oftentimes, it is their father or stepfather. The other reason for doing this show is to help people to be able to realize the danger signs. There are some qualities or characteristics that we find in in families that are incestuous. And so as you listen to this show today, you may be able to begin to identify some of those danger signs within your relationship, within your family system, or maybe the family of someone you're trying to help. Many of us are helping people that we realize there is something that's not quite right, but we can't put our finger on what it is is. And because of this inability to pinpoint what might be at play, a lot of times children end up being harmed, end up being sexually abused. And then we have this if this regret that if only we had intervened earlier. So this show is an attempt to 
to shed light so people will be able to identify and also to help people who are trapped within those systems because uh, many mothers are are uh, are are in this system where they feel powerless to do anything about what's going on. And so we are, they, maybe they are just not even aware. They have this uncomfortable feeling, but they might be wrestling with, am I, am I, uh, being, Am I overreacting to what I am seeing? Is this normal or is there something wrong in the relationship that I'm seeing between my husband and my daughter? And so we want to be able to clarify uh, what the incestuous family looks like, look like and so that we can help people who are trapped. And so you highlighted some statistics there related to um, girls within a family unit. Does this happen to boys too? And yes, if so, Melissa. are there stats to support that yes. as well? Thank you for reminding me about that because a lot of times when we think about incest, we think about girls who are who are sexually abused by their fathers. But it is said that the statistics show that there one in five to seven boys have also been sexually abused by their mother. And this is something that is often not talked about uh, because a lot of times we tend to to overlook what is done to boys or what is done by a woman in these in these homes as as not being as harmful when it happened to a boy but i think we need to to cast that myth out because it is equally devastating to to either gender and so it's very important for us to realize that it happened to 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 both sexes and so I think you've painted a really great picture, Michael, for us as to why we've, we've chosen to talk about this today. And um, throughout the course of today's conversation, we're going to try to unpack a bit about what these families look like and debunking some of the myths around what people may assume families that have incest going on look like. And then later on, maybe in another show, we're also going to go into some of the effects that this has on the children at the time and then long term. But to start off, I'm wondering if you can paint the picture as I say, what what kind of family dynamics are going on when you have incest in the household? What is making people more at risk of this happening within their walls? I think a lot of times we find that in family in which there is incest, they tend to be very closed, a very closed family system where there is very little interaction with others outside of the family. And so the family to others within the church congregation or even to people who are acquaintances is kind of a, a mystery. Like you, you can get just this close, but it's as if a wall goes up every time you try to get closer. And so in many of these families in, in which incest in, incest strives. Uh, there is this. There is this lack of outside outside influence. So the family is isolated. There's also deliberate attempt on the part of the perpetrators to keep the victim away from outside influence as well. So when you see things like the the freedom of children being restricted, sometimes it's not just because it's a good Christian family and they're trying to keep out the influence of the bad, evil world. Sometimes it's because within that so-called good Christian families, there are there are 
awful things that are happening and the lack of involvement with the outside world is a way of trying to keep the family close so that the children may not have the opportunity of talking to others about what they're going through because the the the, the perpetrator might be afraid that if the the child s- if the child socializes with others at the outside, then there might be a close relationship that will build, and then this, the secret of the family might spill out. So there's often very deliberate attempt to maintain that secrecy and that closed family system. So when you see families like that, that are very close, then you can't get close, especially if you're in uh, a, a, a situation within the church congregation where you're a leader and you're trying to help families and you see children who are struggling, it's important to try to find out, try to get close and see if you can find out what's happening within that family system. And I think something you touched on there is an interesting uh, piece within the Christian context where you describe that um, keeping things close and keeping children internal to protect them from the world. And I think there's that, that's an interesting layer of um, spiritualization that goes with it in those Christian contexts where sometimes our faith and our common practices, so to speak, quote unquote, right. can sometimes be a veil yes, and a way to actually keep that secret longer. Right, right. So yes. I, I like how you say that it's important to try to be, be discerning and be aware that these things mm-hmm, could be going mm-hmm. on. Anything else, Michael? Yeah, and so we can find ways of sometimes justifying it, right? Like we might say, well, it's to keep the evil out or it's because of the fact that, you know, we just do a lot of things together as a family. That's why we have no time for someone else. But these can be just excuses as to why we need to keep the secret in. Uh, What we find in the biblical story of Noah and his daughter, in which there was incest as well, is that that was a closed family system as well. As a matter of fact, it is so closed that the Bible tells us that there was no one else on the face of the earth for the daughters to have as husbands. So I know that a, a totally different context because of the flood. But I think that closeness where there is a lack of outside influence is a very common uh, is a very common symptom of family in which there is there is incest. Anything else that you can see? I think along with the, the, the close family system is it's a, a family culture of secrecy. It's as if members of this family they all of the incestuous family, they all know the rule that we do not talk to others on the outside about what goes on in the family. And children are are instilled with this principle from a very young age, from the first time that little Johnny, for example, slips and sees something about what's happening in the household. He will be severely reprimanded. And so it's inculcated on the brains, in the brains of of children, especially in these households, that they don't speak with anyone on the outside about what goes on in the family. But in a lot of times, too, we find that the, 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 the parent who is not the perpetrator also has to toe the line because the person who, who perpetrates make it very clear that not only can there not be close relationships with others and not only is the attempt made to restrict the time spent with others, but 
people in that system know that by we shouldn't by any means discuss with others what's going on in the family. I'm glad you brought up the the interaction between parents in these situations as well. I'm wondering if you can explore that a little bit more for us and describe a bit more that parental dynamic relationship um, in terms of that parent or that um, family member that's causing the abuse and the the other p- adult members of that family who are involved. Yes, a lot of time we have a, a very passive, one parent being very passive and the other parent being very controlling. And we find that with that kind of dynamic, the perpetrator is able to get away with a lot because the other person asks no question, doesn't uh doesn't try to intervene when they see things that might be questionable. And so in that kind of a dynamic, very unnatural things happen where a father, for example, might be bathing a girl, a daughter, well beyond the age where, where that should be happening or might be doing things with the daughter that a mother should be doing with the daughter and so we find that those kind of those kind of dynamics go unchallenged because the dynamic between the the the, the parents in the household is not one in which there is uh there there equal in power or or they can discuss things there is an hierarchy where and not a healthy hierarchy that the bible talks about but one in which there is domination and control If you've just joined us, you're listening to the Life Transformation Radio Show. Today, we're talking about the incestuous family. If you missed the first half of today's show and want to listen to it, we encourage you to go to our website at elamcounselingministry.com. Elam is spelled E-L-I-M, counseling with two L's, ministry.com. Or you can call us toll-free at 1-877-544-3546, and we'd be happy to give you a copy of today's show or answer any questions you may have. Before we continue to explore this topic, Michael, you did want to highlight one thing to our listeners about our healing retreat that we've been speaking about the past few weeks. Yes. I think when we talk about a topic like this, it brings the healing retreat to mind because there are people that we see who come to these retreats that they have been in close families like this where there was never they were never able to speak up about what's happening to them. They have carried this dark secret for many years and it has infected and impacted impacted almost every area of their lives, including their relationship with God. And a healing retreat like this is a good way where people can finally take the time to help to heal those wounds that have been created. So our healing retreat is coming up on the the 8th to the 10th of June in Providence Point in Lanark. And uh, we are already full. All our spots have been have been taken. But if you would like to put your name on the the list, just in case you feel that this is something you'd like to attend, we do have a waiting list just just in in, in case there might be any cancellation. So if you miss this one and there is no spot, then we have another healing retreat that's coming up in the fall as well. So to to inquire more about it, you can call us at one eight seven seven five four four three five four six or go to our website at elimcounselingministry.com. So Michael, you just finished talking about the unhealthy hierarchy that can happen within these parental relationships, which often means the passive parent isn't intervening on behalf of a child. How damaging is that for the child in that where 
they're almost doubly helpless. Right. They're getting abused physically by the one parent or someone in their family. But there's also this kind of side abuse happening by someone not stepping in. Yes. But as you say, sometimes it's a, an imbalance of power. So I would feel like yes, taking so that stand could be hard too. It's very hard. And I think statistics show that in a lot of cases where there is a daughter, for example, who has been sexually abused by the dad, a lot of times the, the daughter is more angry with the mom for not standing up, for not protecting her than for what happening that than for what happened with the dad. And the reason for this is that what is happening with the dad is is oftentimes confused with love. There is this confusion that's going on between feeling loved and feeling abused. But with the mother, there is nothing. There 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 is no closeness that that would make her feel safe to speak up about what's happening to her or to confide in her mom. So there's this double wounding that's going going on. And what we also find that in a, in a lot of uh, incestuous family, when the daughter uh, does speak up or the son speaks up to say what is happening, the other parent doesn't believe. Oftentimes, they will say, you're making this up. You are just lying. You're telling a lie about your father. And so the feelings of the child is often dismissed and this creates a more grievous uh wound for the child than than for than the abuse itself because it it's it's a it's a way of finally it's a way of really feeling as if your your feelings are not validated and you're being told that you're making up something that's very real and very damaging to you so another area i'm wondering if you can talk about as it relates to family dynamics is that concept we've talked about before of generational curses Mm-hmm. And do you see this this play out sometimes in these families where incest is present? Yes, I think a, a lot of in in a lot of incestuous family we have this wounding among the parents. A lot of people who have been abused and neglected in childhood somehow they manage to find each other as spouses. So it's not uncommon to have both spouses. Uh, where they are from family, where they were both abused as well. And so this creates a dynamic in which there are two wounded persons. And one might be be trying to cover up that abuse by being aggressive and controlling, and the other one uh, complements that by being, by being uh, passive and just going along with everything. So we find that these abuse travels in families. So the parents themselves were abused, and then the next generation, which is the children, is often abused as well. But we also find another kind of uh, generational pattern in these incestuous families in which there is a favorite. And it's not uncommon in these families to find that the object of sexual desire is often labeled as the favorite of the, the, the perpetrator. So this person gets special treatment, special privilege, special time alone with the perpetrator. And all of this, uh, sometimes all of this is not challenged by the other parent because the other parent is passive and the other children often feel neglected and left out. And so the, the, the incest, incestuous relationship thrives in this kind of a household where there is those generational pattern that's going on. Is there anything about these family dynamics that you want to share with us today? 
just help us understand a bit more the background of where these types of patterns are coming from. Yes, so these patterns come from a lot of time our same-sex parent, what we have have really experienced at the hand of our same-sex parent. So if you have improper improper relationship where you have parents that have overstepped their boundary. You were either neglected or abused. It's not uncommon to find out that this same, this, these wounds that you have suffered as a, in your childhood is going to rear its ugly head in you not being able to be the parent that God has created you to do. And so we find that when that happens, you you see another uh, aspect of the family, another dimension coming into this family where there is often substance abuse as well. Because if you don't deal with your pain, if you are not able to to face the hard truth that you're seeing ahead of you, then seen in front of you, then the next thing to do is to try to find ways in which you you can block that out. And so in a lot of these families, we find that substance abuse is often very present as well. And we see this also in the, in the Noah story, where we are told that Noah was in a drunken state in Genesis 19. And as I have said before, even though this was a different context, I think the similarities are there. Not only was that family in Genesis 19 a closed family because of the flood, there were very little outside influence, but we find that in this family, the the, the incest within the family uh, happened within the context of 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 alcohol as well. So I, I think these are often family patterns, other aspects of the family patterns that have continued for many generations. So Michael, in starting off this series of the incestuous family, yeah. why did you want to spend so much time painting this picture about family dynamics before we get into next week's show where we're going to be delving more into the effects of this on the children and how it translates into their adulthood? Why did we want to spend some time painting this picture for our listeners? I think it's very important for us to, f- to set the background, the backdrop. This is like the backdrop against which the sexual abuse happens. And I think as we paint this backdrop, I think we are already begin to open up the eyes of some of our listeners who may have been through something like this. I'm sure that there are some listeners listening now who are saying, yes, I, I can identify with some of what you have said, or it might might be a case of someone you're helping and you're saying, I, I see something here and it doesn't seem quite right. So I think if we're really going to help people, we have to be able to identify these signs. But there's something else I wanted to talk about, Melissa, that I, I don't think we have, we have gotten to hear. And I think in a lot of these families, in, in these incestuous uh, families, the, the perpetrator often has very rigid control over the victim in particular. So you might find that there are other children in the household who have more freedom, more time to do things away from the perpetrator, but the the victim is often very, very controlled. They're the ones that have to have the private Bible studies or the, the time alone uh, with that. But it's it's all under the guise of creating opportunity for, for the incest 
to take place. And I, 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 you know, I remember many years ago where I counseled this young woman. And as we went through the counseling, uh, at a certain point, her, her dad died and she started crying, weeping within the session about the, the death of her dad. And at some point, I felt led to ask her, tell me what those tears were about. And it seemed like a very strange question, because, of course, it would appear that she's crying about her dad. And then she said to me, I have never told anyone this, but my dad, who has just passed on, who was in very high position in the church, she said, my, my dad molested me for several years from the time I was 11 until my late teenage years, and I have never told anyone. So I think this, this show is a good starting point for us to realize that it happens in all different kinds of household, as we said at the beginning of the show. It's not just the people who are on welfare, but also people who are doctors, lawyers, uh, pastors, and priests. So do not make the mistake of thinking just because that family is a prominent family in your congregation that these kind of things could not be happening. So as you said, Michael, through the show, some people may have been tweaked to find some familiarity with the things we've been talking about today. Maybe this, the pictures of this family we've painted are very familiar to people. They are the family they grew up in. And we've begun to stir up a lot of stuff that maybe they themselves haven't realized. Right. So before we go, before next week's show, I'm wondering if there's something you can tell them today that can help them today. If they have listened to today's show and they're saying, that was my family or that was me in my family, I experienced this abuse what should they begin to do? Well, let me say, first of all, that a lot of time these things uh, create bondage for people. And you might be listening to this show and you might be thinking, you know, my life is going to be like this. Uh, these these uh, strongholds that I have over my life is going to be there uh, for the rest of my life. But I would like to say to you today that there is freedom that can be found. And I think that freedom comes, uh, first of all, for from being able to admit to get over that secrecy because that secrecy that was spoken over you uh, that vow that you took in your family for secrecy if you allow that vow to continue for the rest of your life you will never get the freedom that you really want so i think freedom comes from being able to break from under that 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 curse and be able to say this has happened to me and i need to get help and i think god has designed us to be to be set free from those things and freedom comes by shedding light on what what it is that you went through and remember also that you don't have to carry guilt or shame from what happened to you you were a victim you were a child and the enemy the accuser of the brethren have a very subtle way of twisting this to let little five and six year olds feel as if they were somehow responsible for what happened to them Mm -hmm. and it's not your fault as you say it's not your fault so we do encourage you to listen to us next week we are going to go into more about the effects on children but we thank you so much for joining us today 
Thank you very much for joining us. And this is your host, Michael Hart of Elim Counseling Services and Melissa Wagaton. Together, we want to thank you for listening to this episode of the Life Transformation Show. And we pray together that God would bless you in all your relationships and keep you sound in mind and pure in heart. Thank you.